0: Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. Your home for all things Spurs! And now, let's join our hosts...
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm joined today by just the one person, and it's Matt. How you doing, buddy? Yeah,
2: mate. It's only a two-way today, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. Which is which is definitely a good thing. <laughs> definitely. I, I find this whole three-way thing just far too much work. It's too, dis- uh, too it's-
2: disturbing for my mind. <laughs> just, I, I don't
1: know what you're talking about. I'm on about a podcast where three people are talking at once. And I, I mentioned a three-way, and you. And Dan just get the giggles. I invited Laura for a free win and she's not spoke to me since. I I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. But anyway, I the the whole podcast thing was difficult and it was tough. Um, mate, I, I want to start this week's podcast with just a little tribute, but I've got to be a little bit careful. Now I got to be careful because on a podcast, if you play music, so if I was to upload an MP3 of a song or anything like that to the podcast, then that uh, would potentially cost money, breach copyright, and stuff like that. However, if something goes off in the background, that's you know that's cool, that, yeah. that's fine, that's not um you know that's not a, it's kind of a oops. So so for example, if I was to accidentally leave my phone on, mm. and I was to have uh, I don't know just any sort of random song as my ringtone at the moment. You, you, you see what I mean? Yes, Do you see where I'm I think someone's trying to
2: ring you there. Son.
1: yeah, yeah, one, one minute, everyone. uh, uh I, I missed the call. I, I missed. I missed the call. Um, I'm just gonna change my ringtone because you know uh, it could be difficult if someone tries again. Cool. You know, I, I don't want to miss it. I'm just gonna change it just real quick. All right. Yeah. Oh, they're ringing again. How great is this song, by the way? Good dad, this is a ringtone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that call as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, bugger it. Oh, just, let, me just, let me just change my ringtone. One, one last time. One last time you're I'm going to fr- change my ringtone. You're a tone. very busy man as well, Sam, aren't you? I am. My phone goes, oh, mate, all the time. Put it on All the time. Though. So change the words from Margaret, to Milton Keynes. How are you going to feel? (laughs) Um, Of course, that is the wonderfully talented, uh, diehard Tottenham fan, uh, Chaz, who sadly passed away last week. It seemed he was getting better. Um, So it was a real kind of shock when that news broke. One thing I'd say, and and it is something that's a real treat. You just saw the absolute outpouring of affection for him, and I, I just I, I think if I was a family member, for example, I could just sit back and just feel immensely proud and find comfort in that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was. I mean, I was quite lucky, uh, Sam. I, I saw um, Chaz and Dave at the Royal Albert Hall about three or four months ago. Oh, wow. fantastic. I mean, you can't I mean, if you're going to see musicians anywhere, well, howabouts up there anyway, but it to, is, to see yeah. them there, you know, especially not knowing that he wasn't well as well like he wasn't. So, really glad yeah, I had yeah. that opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, just I mean, we just uh, my my phone went off with those songs as ringtones, just to clarify <laughs> that again. Um and yeah, I <laughs> just you can't go over how, how good a songwriter they are. They, they were kind of thought of as a bit of a novelty act but they were a lot better than that Yeah, and just really talented musicians very sad news uh, I think I speak for every Tottenham fan when I say we all kind of felt that <laughs> and it, it was it was lovely to see because we posted I mean I posted it at a page and I, and I had a genuine moment when I saw the news of you know were, we're Spurs news do I post this is it is it Tottenham related and and I thought, yeah, it is. It really is. The guy's been so ingrained with the club for so long. Um, so I posted it, and just seeing the sheer amount of comments, the the sheer amount, of, the the love that basically came across, it was really quite nice to read.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really was. It's it's funny as well because I say I saw them at the uh, Royal Albert Hall. They they were for a little while a few years ago. They were. I don't think they'd split up. But they were they were sort of doing separate things. And uh, yeah. one of my We've got these. One of my wife, uh, wife's old school friends, uh, with her, her and her husband, have moved to this little uh, village called Tollesbury. I don't know if you've ever heard of it uh, yeah, near yeah. Malden. So um, they they did this thing called they do this thing called Tollsfest, which is their mute their um, you know music festival every year. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not on any it's not on any glastonbury level. Put it that way, no, I mean, no. But Chaz Chaz was the main act, and it was really funny no. because um, I mean, luckily after the show because my friend John who 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 lives in uh, Tolesbury he's the kind of their version of the mayor there, so they all kind of he gets <laughs> the he gets to basically do what he likes. So afterwards he took yeah. me around the back and we, we we met Chaz and had a had a bit of a chat oh, and stuff wow. and got photos with him. But when he when he first got up to do his act, he he just sat there and he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't play. And it was all getting really awkward. And then John's went up to me and he said, we've got to get, find the money to pay him. Because he, he, he basically said, I'm not going to play until someone pays me. <laughs> so oh, wow. So they had to borrow money off people just to get the cash to pay him, just so he'd he start playing. <laughs> it
1: sounds like he was smart. It sounds like they didn't have the money there <laughs> yeah, to pay him. It was yeah, brilliant. I, but once he got yeah. paid
2: and he started playing, oh it was awesome listening to some of the old ones. really, really good.
1: Oh, wow, I, I like that. <laughs> well done, Chaz. <laughs> well, may may you rest now. Yeah, you can Thanks, rest thanks, thanks for the memories, mate. They they've been brilliant. Yeah. Um. So so moving on from from that. Uh. Last week we had three of us on here, and we had two games to discuss, and both of them were defeats. It was probably the most uh podcast you can do, really, off mm. the back of that. This week, we have two games to discuss, and we won both of them.
2: Suddenly, it's all rosy again, Sam.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But it is feels a million times better to win Doesn't it? than it does to lose. Doesn't isn't that it? the truth? Yeah, absolutely. I, so, we got the two games. Obviously, last night... Let's start with the most recent one. So, let's start with last night. How did you find Milton Keynes, buddy? How,
2: how did I find it? I don't know how any of us found it. <laughs> oh, do you, do, um, do you know what? It was... Um, I, I was quite lucky because um, I was going to I only live about 25 miles from Milton Keynes, and I was going to drive there. Yeah. But on the weekend, just gone, um, myself, my wife, and my children went to Milton Keynes for the day because they've got like, this computer museum there. Fantastic, right. and it's got all well, you can play the old snares anyway, but that's a, that's a different story. But afterwards, yeah. we decided to get something to eat. So we found, uh, you know, when you go to these sort of big. Um, shopping centres you normally find a group of restaurants don't you so we found yeah, like a yeah. the food
1: court yeah, yeah. Well, well no the, the,
2: you know, it's just like an outdoor one so you kind of um it's all kind of out there's loads of big shopping centres in, in Milton Keynes and there's this one big one and the huge Tesco's and if you look to your left there's five or six different uh, restaurants that are oh, okay. all outside yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. so we, 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 my wife saw one this giraffe um a restaurant and uh, so she said right children need sorry rest. man
1: did you just say it's a giraffe restaurant it's called, the, it's called the giraffe restaurant have you heard of it the giraffe cafe no. <laughs> Well, I, I, I was more concerned that they're serving giraffe to be honest with you. <laughs> well they did give, they did give my children these little plastic giraffes it was really cool Well, well, that's fine. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. It was the, yeah, uh, I'll have a giraffe burger, please. I
2: I had a giraffe burger, but it wasn't a real giraffe. It was their kind of burger. But anyway. It was 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 fake giraffe. giraffe. What What are we doing? It was quite quite long. It was the baguette. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You got some neck, you. You got some giraffe neck. But anyway, so my my, my children need to go to the toilet. So I I dropped my, um, my wife and children out of the car. And I said, I'll go and find a car parking spot. I kid you not. It took me about twenty minutes to find a car parking spot. Bearing in mind that this is yeah. kind of like, you know where the, where the, all the big shops are, I we ended up, I ended up parking twenty five minutes walk from this restaurant, and like you know my, there was no signals, and my wife couldn't phone me. And I said to her, you know I've got to come back to Milton Keynes for the football, but after that, honestly, if I don't go back to this place again, it's too soon. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. 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 It's yep. quite. Yeah, what I, what I, I surprises
2: you. me, Sam? It's quite like. The, the, The ground itself is lovely. One of the best grounds I've ever been to.
1: It is, it is a nice ground. But
2: it's just that the town, and what surprises me is like the the town's quite fairly, well, the the kind of main bit is quite new. So you think they've learnt the lessons of, you know, how to make a town accessible and make it nice to drive in. And this is just the complete opposite.
1: The problem is it was built on the American grid system. Right. So whereas every other, you know, the old cities across the UK are obviously just basically villages and villages that have gradually got mashed together, and that's why you get, like, little rat runs, roads and stuff. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. like Bristol, for example, where I am, The roads in Bristol, for the size of the city, are ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can just get one car down at times. It's crazy. So they've created all these mad one-way systems and all stuff that drives local people crazy. Mm -hmm. But Milton Keynes, it's the American grid system. So, like, in America, you know, like, the blocks, you know, the... Oh, yeah, you just go five blocks left and then one block right and stuff like that. That's kind of how Milton Keynes is laid out. All those roundabouts are all actually labelled... If you look at them they're all like this is roundabout right. Yeah. E9, da, oh, da, da, da. God, so you can kind of direct people going oh yeah it's like five roundabouts that way then two <laughs> roundabouts to the left and you're there. <laughs> um in theory it should work lovely yeah. but every time I've ever been there for anything it's been hell. Oh, God, and you know that's not to go down on my whole thoughts about the MK club. So yeah. <laughs> So how was it having three sets of fans there? It
2: do, do you know what it was it was quite funny because um the Watford fans are brilliant. I've gotta say, they they just yeah. did not shut up and it it did annoy me a bit because they sang that you know that song that Jack Wilshire is, is famous for singing about us, what do you think of Tottenham and what is that? Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what, what's their beef with us? Like, what have we ever done to upset Watford? Like, you know, why why yeah. where the hate from them? But to yeah. be fair to them, they were making loads of noise, but it was quite funny because when um I think there was about a thousand Milton Keynes fans there, wasn't there? Yeah. And they I think yeah, they
1: reckon it they ended up being just over one thousand right okay.
2: And they was all mixed in with us and they started they started chanting the Deli Alley song. It was brilliant. It's so good. <laughs>
1: So to clarify, they were singing that he only cost five <laughs> yeah. Did they change it? Like he only, yeah, he only, we got, only got five, five mil, mil and he's better than Ozil. <laughs> yeah, we got ripped off. It's Delhi Ali. <laughs> you can see
2: though that they they still hold a load of affection for him, and you know yeah. he, was, he was made captain for the night, wasn't he? And it, it was, it fun- was, yeah. It's funny as well because you know it's not very often in football that well it, you get it a, a bit, I suppose. But you know in football yeah. where things just work perfectly like you know for Deli Ali yeah. to score the winning penalty you know play, playing in the in the, in the ground of his home you know really the club where he's brought up and it just all seemed yeah. to work really well for him you know
1: and, and he played very well he
2: did he had a really good game and and, and yeah. do you know what's funny I, I, when I was watching it he, there was a different there was a different look about him because he's he's quite Famous Delhi, isn't he? Like away from football, like on social media, yeah. like he plays Fortnite. He's a bit of a yeah. kid, isn't he? And well, he's yeah. a kid, isn't he? I know, but he is, but yeah. but he just kind of like he, he's not. I'm not saying he looks. He seems immature, but you know, he's he's not like Harry Kane, for example, settled down with a couple of children. There's a big difference between the two of them, I think. But yeah. when you when when I watched him play yesterday, he looked really grown up, and he really took that captaincy. You know, he he really sort of yeah. took it on board and saw a different, completely different side of him.
1: Well, that's that's great. I mean, that's really pleasing to hear. Yeah. Um, I I think that was a very special night for him. I, I I did have this feeling. I don't know whether you there you got that or whether it was just a perception I had. I I couldn't watch the game. I was listening to it on the radio. And the the way the way that it was being described to me and just the general I could hear the fans and stuff, it, it felt possibly because it was at Stadium MK, because some of their fans were there as well, I had almost like the first half had this almost feel like it was a friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... Almost like a Delhi Alley goes home we're all just happy to see Delhi again. Was, and then, hmm. and then the second half became a bit, you know, because they scored so early, it, it suddenly became a bit of a game. Yeah,
2: it it, it was. It the, the first half wasn't great, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I I don't normally when I watch a game, I normally sit there, you know, to the whole forty five minutes, both sides, I'm there, but. After about yeah. 35 minutes, I just wandered up and went and got a cup of coffee because I just thought this is just... I'm not going to miss <laughs> well, anything. <laughs>
1: it's, it's funny you should say that because when you go to games, I never hear from you. Yeah. And yet, last night in the first half, we were exchanging messages. Do, do, you, know, do you know why that is? There's a
2: very good reason saying why that's the case. Like, yeah. When you go to Wembley, you do not get a signal. right? And it's oh, just well, so... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, at, at, this, true, at this stadium yeah. yesterday, yeah, I mean that was part... I mean, I got a signal and the other part of it was that, yeah, I'd rather just text my friends and stuff because this is just so dull. <laughs> it was a really dull first half. Yeah. You know You know, one of those halves where neither keeper gets tested and it's just a yeah. scrappy game. But, I mean, in hindsight we can say that, that goal that Watford scored at the beginning of the second half was fantastic for the game. Obviously it wasn't fantastic at the time, yeah. but in, in, you know, as a whole for the game, it, it probably, it, it's what the game yeah. needed, like, you know, to it, sort of bring it, it to life.
1: Yeah, it did massively. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned the keepers there. That brings me on to, to our third choice keeper, Paolo, Merceny, I mean, Gazaniga. <laughs> um, we, we had a long chat about it on the podcast a little while ago. Um, Fans were kind of clamoring for him to start over Michel Vorm. Vorm picked up a knee injury. A few people have, oh yeah, just just to clarify that, a few people have gone, hmm, that's convenient. Yeah, it was actually quite nasty. I saw a picture of his knee. Mm. Uh, he basically was in training. Someone went through and landed a kick right on his kneecap, and it <sighs> ballooned. Jeez. Uh, he's yeah, he seems seems a lot better now, but. I'm I'm about... I'm the sort of same age as Michelle Vaughan. I can tell you boys and girls that that, it hurts, all right? (laughs) You leave him alone. (laughs) But all joking aside on that, now I've put that conspiracy theory to bed and I love that people go that far in the conspiracy theories, by the way. Lamella, out injured for over a year, had two surgeries on his hips. Yeah, he got done for cocaine. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, clearly for drugs. He's come back exactly one year later. Yeah, but we saw the I'm surgery sorry. pics. Really? Yeah, but that was staged. Um, what? It's ridiculous. <laughs> hey? isn't it? Yeah, I mean, good fun. I mean, I, I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, goalkeepers, my friend. You you were quite vocal about why Vorm should start and Gazaniga should wait his time because he was crap. No, did you know what? That's the the, the, the thing.
2: The thing is, uh, it. It sounds. I, I was paraphrasing. Yeah, I know. I know you was. <laughs> I think that the point I was trying to make. Uh, it was never an attack on Gazaniga. It was never me trying to attack him. It was just look at the two goalkeepers. Look at one that's you know got lots of Premier League experience. You know, like I say, won lots of awards when he was at Swansea. Compare him to the other keeper, who, from what we can see, the evidence. This is obviously prior to the last couple of games. The yeah. evidence we've got is. How he played at, at Real Vallecano and don't get me wrong—I know that was a se- over a season ago. I understand, and that, and part, and I hope I said it at the time, but you know, you never know what kind of um, you know how much training he's had and how much coaching he's had at Spurs in the last year, yeah. and
1: quite clearly, he's not a bad keeper, is he? You yeah. know, and, no, and I mean, and and that... I'll, I'll be I'll be fair to you now. I I agreed with you. Yeah, I, I I was of the opinion that Pochettino and the coaches watch these keepers in training every day. Puck puts so much stock into his goalkeeping coach, Tony Jimenez. He he, you know, he even did an interview this week just praising him. He's saying he's the best goalkeeping coach in the world. Mm. If Tony says to him, hey, you know, Mauricio, I'm not going to try and do the accent, by the way. <laughs> I'm just going to say, hey, <laughs> hey, Maricchio. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop, Sam. Stop it. So, you know, if he says to him, yeah, I think, <clears throat> Paolo's reached a level now he's he's gonna kick on you should start him i think Mauricio would start him i i think it's down to the fact that in training and what they saw vorm was still the player ahead of him yeah. and and that's kind of how they've always picked the team yeah. and i i work on the theory that you you can't back your manager and be behind your manager in his selections but then at the same time, every time he picks one player you don't agree with, suddenly slam everybody under the sun. Mm. You can definitely have an opinion. I I will always have an opinion slightly different to the manager, I dare say. I don't think I've ever seen a team pick and I've gone, yep, 100% what I do. Yeah. Just because we're all different. We've all got and different that's fine. Opinions, that's yeah. Of, yeah. man, that's part of football. Mm. It's the fun. Mm. And and having that debate's fine. The thing that always riles me is when people are like, uh, like yesterday, someone said, and I'm not going to name them. And uh, you know, I hope they hope they're listening. They can understand the context of what I'm saying, which is um, leaving Lorente on the bench was an insult to him. <laughs> really? <laughs> How? He, he's a professional footballer, and if the manager doesn't think he's good enough to start. Yeah. Then he will take that on board as, you know, if I'm not good enough to start in the League Cup where we're fielding a second string, I need to work harder. Yeah, Perhaps of course. he needs to go to the manager today and go, what do I need to do? Mm. Because, you know, you didn't start me. Yeah. Perhaps he did that and the manager said, tonight, because of their defenders, I'm doing this. And he went, okay. It wasn't an insult. Uh, not, I, I don't uh, get that. Yeah,
2: and the thing is, as well, you know, like if if Lorenzo was really insulted about not getting games, do you think he would, have, you know, would have stayed for another year and be as happy as he looks? He doesn't look very yeah. insulted to me. <laughs>
1: no, not at all. I mean, he, he's a he. He gave an interview in the summer talking about how last year he struggled because he didn't have pre-season and how he struggled to adapt to the role of not being a first choice striker. Mm. But, he, he, you know, he looked at it and went, you know, I'm the old pro here now. I'm not the young gun. I'm not Harry Kane. I'm mm. not where I was. Mm. So I need to be that old pro. I need to use my experience, help guide players, be be someone they can talk to about things, set an example in training, and, you know, be there if the team needs me. Yeah, of course. And. Yeah, just the whole notion of an insult was just kind of weird to me. I, I didn't get that.
2: Did you know what I've been seeing on? Oh God, I, I, God even just hurts me even to, saying this. But I've, you know, we, after yesterday's, like it was Gazanigo had a brilliant game. He did like he pulled did, off two yeah. cracking saves. But it's it's making it's actually making me twitch thinking about it now. There's people on social media saying that he should be replacing the Reese as number one goalkeeper.
1: I. <laughs> Yeah. I just mean, want I, to cry. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things where having a goalkeeper who is showing great form and is playing very well, mm. pushing Lloris is not a bad thing.
2: Yeah, but he's, I mean, in, in, he, can, can, can you imagine? I mean, look, it's just, I'll go back to what I did with Wormann-Gazaniga. Mm. Hugo Lloris is Tottenham captain, he's France captain, he's played for us over 200 times, he's played for France over 100 times, he's just won the World Cup as as yeah. captain. I mean, I, I, I understand form comes into it, and I, I would say, if, if form was fit, I'd say play I now I've seen him, yeah, he's, he's in much better form than, than, than Vorm, you know, so yeah. play him, but when people start saying that he should be replacing Hugo Lloris as a number, a number one, it just, for me, it just, nah. it just it's borders on, ridic, it's on y- ridiculousness.
1: Y- you base, I mean, we, we can base just things on this season. Um, so looking purely at this season, forgetting the past, Gazaniga is in a much better form than Michel. Vorm. Yes, it's I agree. It's quite possible that Michel Vorm, you know, last year I depicted him above Gazaniga mm. genuinely, and I I don't think he's let us down as our number two. I know a lot of people seem to think that. He has. If you look at the games, the stats, the goals conceded, the points we've won, he hasn't. So, it's kind of like a perception thing. You know, like if Kane doesn't play, oh no, we're going to be, you know, we lose loads of points. Mm. Last season, Kane had that ankle injury and we actually won all the games.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and scored loads of goals. We, We had to adapt. We had to do something different. So, just just focusing on, uh, you know, forgetting the perception then. So this season, it is quite possible that this is a season too far at the Premier League for Vorm. This is one season too far. You know, his contract was up last summer. We renewed it for a year. It's quite possible that this year he needs to be the old pro and possibly at the end of the season he's got a decision to make about what he does. Yeah, sure. Gazaniga was signed with a view of kind of pushing Vorm and kind of in there as a professional goalkeeper with experience to come in should the worst happen and both the first-choice keeper, you know, both Vorm mm. and are injured. It happened last season. and yeah. Now it's happened this season. Yeah. He's coming in and done very well. So for me, making him the number two now, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I agree. He has, he's been given the opportunity and he's taken it. He's
2: taken it, yeah, absolutely.
1: The thing I think I want to try and get across to the fans is if in the next game he makes a mistake... You don't go screaming for Alfie Whiteman to start the next game. You know that's not, that can't be how it works. Yeah, uh, and and I'm worried about that. As for him replacing Hugo Lloris, not not a hope in hell. That's ridiculous. It is. That's that's like saying that Lorente scored a hat trick last night off the bench, so Harry Kane should have to. Make way to him? No,
2: it, it, no. It, it's it's just no, no, it's no. It's short. It's that kind of that short sighted vision, isn't it? And and you know, it's easy, it's easy to get carried away if you watch a game like like last night. You know, when when he pulled off those saves, awesome. And he Gazanik is in good form, and I completely agree with you. Like now, seeing him play, how he's played the last couple of games and played well, yeah. I would yeah. say now, make him like make him number two because form's struggling, and maybe you know, thinking about it now, you know, you talk about. You know, from looking at the end of the season, as to whether you know he, he needs to make a decision, maybe his age is catching up with him. Maybe that's yeah. you know maybe that's yeah, what it is. You know, but yeah, I just that, that's to start now saying that, he, that, that you know he's, he needs to look at taking Hugo's place. I mean that, that it, it, you couldn't get a. I mean, I, I, it, it's an opinion. And it's my opinion, but as far as I'm concerned, Hugo Lloris is world class. He's a very, he's a world class goalkeeper. He's a he, he he's won the he won the World Cup with France, you know, as their captain. He, yeah. he, we're, so, we're so lucky to have him. I think he's in the top three or four goalkeepers in the world and we've got him here. And casaniga yeah. might be there one day, but after one before, good performance yesterday, you can't start saying, give him Hugo's place. It, it just is ridiculous.
0: No. No.
1: Having him show good form and push is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Hugo will come back and yeah. will know that, hey, you know, I, I, I've got a... If Hugo, you know, has a couple of games which are really dropped below mm-hmm. his level, then the manager now can say, "Right, power, you can push him." Yeah, yeah. Um, so on. I mean, moving away from last night. I mean, are there any other big takeaways? I mean, we won the game on penalties. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a few questions we've been put to us, so I won't go into too much detail on it now because I think people have asked the question, so we'll address it later on uh, when we're talking, but we don't we were a goal down we got back into the game we played quite well we went 2-1 up for me at that point they were down to 10 men as well I mean there, there's this element of frustration and I completely get it amongst the fan base which is we don't seem to be able to see any sort of game out at the moment you know yeah we, over the last few years, there's been a big thing about us taking the lead in big games and then bottling it. I dare say. Mm. There, I hate to use that term. Yeah, sure. It, it it has happened. You can't deny it. It's happened. But now it's happening in you know league games and league cup games where we're we're getting in front and just completely mentally switching off. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, you know, it happens to every team. Every team I've seen the best teams in the world just shut off and suddenly momentum changes and they've lost you know it just happens in an instant Mm. if the game had another half an hour to run the better team probably could have sorted themselves out and won it Mm. but it just kind of happens you know the Watford game in the league with the greatest respect to Watford we weren't playing very well that day if we'd been at our best we could have been 2-3-0 up by the time they scored yeah easily and and that uh, that's just kind of a fact. And I think even the most diehard Watford fan could say that. The reality is, when it's just one nil, the team kind of when they scored, they just look completely rattled and all over the place. And it's just odd because one one of the first major impacts I thought that Pock had in coaching the team was that fragility we had, that, that, that almost spursy yeah. term yeah, which sure. we which was just thrown around all the time. He that was his big thing. He killed that. Mm. And all of a sudden this season it's back.
2: We we, we used to uh like when when he not only did he kill it off, but we became the team that scored goals yeah. at, the, at the end of games, didn't we? You know, it completely yeah. turned on its head, didn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, we, we'd be like 1-0 up, and then rather losing 2-1, we'd go on and win 3-0. Or even know, just catching
2: was... last minute. I mean, do you remember that goal um, that really got Kane? um set him off, didn't Villa that, that free kick, Villa, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 94th, free 95th yeah. minute. I remember I scoring quite a few lo- last-minute goals. But you're right, yeah. we kind of have this thing where we just panic, don't we? Like, you know, towards the end of games and just capitulate. No idea where yeah. it's come from. It's so bizarre. And, it, and it's... I, I don't know if it's anything to do with like the change of defense because obviously I, T- Toby for me is just one of my, one of my favorite defenders he's like he had a brilliant game yesterday as well but I wonder if it's just mixing it up with a I don't know because we we kind of had it was Vertonghen uh, and Sanchez wasn't it a lot last season yeah. and it's kind of changed now we've got but in, in in if anything it should improve now shouldn't it because we've got we've got and Toby now, haven't we, in in defence, and if anything, you'd think it'd just get more solid and there'd be less panic, you know, but we...
1: Yeah, it just... I I don't think it's individuals either, and this is the weird thing, because if you look at the individuals as they're playing, Mm. uh, Toby, Jan, and Sanchez, all three of them are actually doing okay, Mm. if you watch the games. Um, Davinson looks... um, he looks like a player who's in and out of the team and in reality he is. Yeah. yeah. So he, he seems to be a little bit rusty and then as the games go on you can tell, oh yeah, there's the player we all know. So weird, I
2: um
1: and and it just I don't know. It's a strange thing at the moment and I don't know what's causing it and, I, and I've said to a few people because a few people have brought it up on Facebook and I've I've said it almost looks like we need to win a game 2-0 or 3-0 and just get get that kind of, you know, off our backs. Yeah, sure because you know we were winning 2-0 the other day and then conceded in like the 93rd minute yeah. and you could see the look on and they nearly scored an equalizer mm. like 60 seconds later <sighs> it was so close and that would have been like, such
2: a signal
1: <laughs> oh massively and just but you could see them looking at each other like yeah. how, how is it happening? how is it
2: happening yeah yeah
1: it is it is really odd. Mm. I, I don't I don't fully get what the hell's going on with it. Mm. But I'm hoping it's something we can address because he, you know he's a fantastic coach. And yeah. It, it must be just a case of and he, he'll know. You know he's going through it. He's talking to the players. The players will know. It's just we and I think it's become almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. You know it it gets to the 90th minute and the players are like, oh no, here we go. Yeah. You know we got yeah. we got to switch on. We got to focus. And if they can just get through a game where they keep the clean sheet, you know, get get a couple of games two 0 three 0 all of a sudden they'll be like, oh yeah, it doesn't you
2: know, it doesn't become it a is, focus anymore, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah.
1: All of a sudden, you can just relax into doing mm. your jobs, whether it's the third minute, the ninety third minute. Yeah, sure. You you just you just play your game. So yeah, a confidence thing. I think. Mm. Uh, I think, and hopefully, it's just. This season started all over the place for everybody, you know the the, the stadium stuff, the the business in the summer. Uh, regardless of what said, Toby was off, yep, yep. and then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had to kind of resettle. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot. I think it just it's just taken a while for them all to kind of click back into place. Yeah. But the thing that I'm quite pleased with at the weekend, um, you know, we we focused on the. I keep wanting to say the MK Dons game, but it wasn't the MK yeah. game we were playing. Watford at Stadium MK. Oh, this is all <laughs> modern football, mate. It's all too confusing to me. Um, but at the weekend uh, against Brighton, I, I felt not complete performances, not by any stretch, but it started to feel a little bit more like us. Yeah, I agree.
2: I agree. Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, there was just some passages of play and some stuff that happened that I thought, yeah, you know, you were starting to start to get the blood to... flowing
2: again. Watching, watching, you know, because that's that's what we're used to, aren't we? You know, watching Spurs yeah. recently, seeing them like, you know, the sharp, incisive passes and getting the runs out, you know, and passing to Sun and Miller and seeing the pace and we and we've seen a bit of that, weren't we? You know, and yeah, yeah,
1: it was it was good. It was just nice. Like, it was just really because that's been the thing that's been worrying me about more than anything else. It's not so much. Yeah, obviously losing sucks. I hate us Mm, losing, but it's kind of the just not been playing. Yeah,
0: you're right. And
1: then we had we had like 20 minutes against Inter Milan, uh, maybe 30, but spread out, where we looked like us again. Mm. But then in that game, the minute they scored, the team just like, oh well, I'll (laughs) know. You know, it was it was like they all wanted to just curl up in a cocoon Mm. and like block the world out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, very strange happenings at the moment, <laughs> but I'm hoping we, we've turned the corner. I really, really hoping we've turned the corner because again, you know, the Premier League just gives you no respite at all. It's unrelenting, isn't it? Well, every game is is a game where you've got to be at it, and that's that's the big mm. thing. That's that's something that you know people talk about. Oh, it's the best league in the world and stuff like. Oh, I don't know about any of that. I don't want to get into a massive debate about that. But I will say that in the Premier League, you have to be at it for every single game or you will lose. Other leagues, I don't think, for example, uh, Bayern Munich in Germany have to be at it for every single team in the German Bundesliga. Mm. Paris Saint-Germain, I don't think, have to be at it for every game in League One. Um, Spain's... You know the league has developed a lot more. I think Barcelona apparently lost the bottom of the table last night, which that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, which was kind of like really. <laughs> oh no, they've gone Spursy. <laughs> yeah, just in time, hopefully, yeah, for our game just, next just Wednesday. <laughs> uh, see, now I was just thinking, oh bloody, are they going to be annoyed now? <laughs> <laughs> we don't <want laughs> don't anger them up. for God's sake. I've um, just had, I've um, just
2: had a thought. If the if the Premier League was a town, it would be Milton Keynes, wouldn't it? <laughs> just just unrelenting gimmicky. and like you know, you've got to be at your best to survive oh yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah not, far wrong. not far wrong um so yeah i mean the games uh, we won both of them and that's kind of the key thing i think yeah. sometimes when you're having a real bad run you just got to kind of crawl your way out of it fight your way out of it mm. um this weekend it's huddersfield um, at the John Smith Stadium. Uh, it's a Saturday, three PM kickoff. What the hell's that about? How weird. When when did that get introduced into football? What, what's that into
2: spurs fixtures
1: anyway?
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
1: Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, I John Smith Stadium, Huddersfield. It, it's a cracking atmosphere. Um, they you know they do generate some noise there. They will be up for it. I mean, I remember. Came tearing them a new one last season. Um, it's it's going to be another really difficult game. Mm. Yeah, you go to those stadiums, you know. I I kind of put it uh, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, uh, Watford, the the teams that people go. Oh, we should be beating these teams, which is another term I hate. There's no we should be anybody. Yeah. You know, we we'd like to think on paper we've got a better side, but you got to go there and prove it. It's, a, it's eleven. And,
2: it's eleven men against eleven at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. Well, unless we start with then <laughs> I'm joking. I love him dearly. Really. <laughs> yeah, he um. Yeah. So it just it genuinely it's just one of those games where you kind of initially you look at it and think, oh, that you know we should be able to win these games and that'll help us and then when they arrive you look at it and think oh we're not very confident at the moment oh uh, yeah, no yeah. if they get stuck into us how you know we're quite fragile if I was the manager for a team playing us at the moment it'd be a simple instruction go out there and get yeah. stuck into them early because they are they,
2: they, they're yeah, they're not themselves yeah you're right <laughs> they said that at the um. I remember watching the, the the Brighton game on match of the day and they they yeah. uh they sit but they showed they just run the first sixty seconds you know, without yeah. pausing it. And Brighton just basically stepped step back and let us play, you know, we end yeah, up in the corner. Exactly, yeah. And I was like, why aren't they just going at them from the first second? You know, like yeah. you say, we're we're struggling a little bit at the moment and you know, if, you, if they'd have come at us then it could have been a completely different game, couldn't it?
1: Well, I think I know why Brighton didn't, and it leads quite nicely into what I want to talk about next. Uh, you had the honour of sitting down with Mickey Hazard recently.
2: Oh yeah, awesome! Oh, yeah, he paid Chris Ewing, didn't he? To, to
1: which, which, which was a joke. <laughs> like to just, just gonna put that out there. Um, yeah, I mean, on the, if if you've not heard it, if you're listening to us right now and you've not heard it, please find it. Uh, basically, episode 16 of this podcast is an interview with Mickey Hazard, and it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant, and I think Matt—you know—compliments to yourself, but I think it must have just been one of those lovely things where he just talked, yeah. and you were able just to kind of sit there and kind of bask <laughs> in in what he was saying. Yeah,
2: it it, it was brilliant. I mean, like. It was funny because I, you know, I, I knocked on his door and I had my little boy with me, my little six-year-old boy, and we sort of come in and yeah. we sat down. He's made me a cup of tea, and it was like going around your friend's house, really. But you, he, he's one of them people everyone talks about how friendly he is, and yeah. even though I'd never met him before, I kind of felt yeah. like I was going around someone's friend's house. I felt comfortable from the second I walked in, no, and he brought a couple of sign, uh, signed pictures down. Uh, uh, Perryman, Steve Perryman, I, I'm trying to remember the other, oh, Keith Birkenshaw as well. T- so they yeah. were sign. He said, "These are for you," and he told him a little bit about, um, you know, the players, obviously, because you know, Seb's too young to to, to know them. Yeah. And then we just started chatting, and we was chatting and chatting, and I was like, Mickey, do you think we should start? We going into the into <laughs> the kitchen and start recording, so I want to catch all this, you know. But yeah. funny enough, and I say this now on the podcast, obviously, because it didn't come up on the on the interview. But before we started recording, he he started talking about some of the players. And, uh, I said, I asked him who who his favourite player was, and he said he really likes Dembele, and he said part of the problem with Dembele, though, is he he really wishes that he'd He'd focus on training more on his shooting he said because he's got such ability he said he's such yeah. a man like he's such a machine and you know and he said if he could focus more on, on sh- just shooting on goal and being more attacking then he could be an even greater player you know and yeah. it was fascinating listening to him but it was it was the whole thing like you so, say yeah it was brilliant I just it was an interview but it it just felt like going around your mates house and having a chat but it, it become really Really surreal at times. I mean, you know, he, it, we, you, you kept it on the on the podcast, oh, on the dude, interview, yeah. but he kept getting interrupted. Like, you know, D- Danny D- Graham Roberts to start with, and then Keith Buckinshaw, and it was like, this is just yeah, weird. Okay. This is so and, weird. And, and, and
1: you're sat there with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, just... I mean, it was just surreal. Yeah.
2: But he, oh, I... he, uh, and uh, I, I know. I, hopefully, I kind of got it across. But he, he just you, you cut him open and he bleeds Spurs. Like that man he's just yeah, Spurs yeah, through yeah, and through.
1: Sell. You, you you could tell. I mean, massively, you could tell, yeah. and and that's why it's just such a great listen. Uh, just I I I think you said to me after I could have spent the day there. You know, yeah. just just letting him talk and uh, the way he talks about the impact that supporters have. um I mean, it really hit me. I yeah. I, I said it to you afterwards because I was editing it, and it, and I listened to that segment. And I think I messaged you straight away.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was just a wow that really hit home. And and if you've listened to it, you'll know what I mean. If you haven't, uh, Mickey basically describes the UEFA Cup final, where the second leg was at White Hart Lane. So this is the final of the UEFA Cup, and as it was back then, it was played you know their ground, your ground, and in this final. Uh, went the penalties, you know, so almost like brilliant synergy with last night, really. Mm. And one of our players missed the penalty. Uh, Danny Thomas. Da- Danny Thomas. To- yeah. By the way, how much does Danny Thomas look like Danny Rose? <laughs> he does. <but> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a shock. I, I looked at Danny Thomas, I looked up a picture of him playing when he was playing to put it, I was like, really? That that's <laughs> hang on a minute I'm like looking at it I was thinking that's just Danny Rose in an old kit yeah that was that was weird um, but anyway so that aside Danny Thomas missed the penalty and Mickey describes the moment that the Tottenham fans you know obviously it was an initial reaction of oh no but then immediately started singing there's only one Danny Thomas so as he is walking back probably feeling like the whole world's fallen apart around him you know he's let feeling like he's let everybody down the fans supported him Mm. you know the definition of a supporter they supported him and they lifted him and what mickey goes on to say is that it lifted him it lifted everybody because suddenly they had this belief and this feeling of no matter what these people love us and they're supporting us so if i go up i'm gonna do my best and if i miss i know they're gonna still be there for me and he said he he is just one hundred percent adamant that that led to their keeper making the save. Yeah,
2: Tony Parks. He said that Tony Parks he, he thinks that helped. You know, he said having that support there, you know, kind of just yeah, inspired. Him. Inspired him to make the save. Yeah, yeah. And, it is... and
1: and sorry, it, sir. it just sorry, just to finish, it's it just so impactful for me because there is this kind of real modern day uh, feeling of someone does something wrong you just rip them apart and, and i don't know whether that's just because i spend so much time on social media uh you know i don't i'm not a season ticket holder so i don't go to every game i go to a few sparingly but it just you get that feeling uh, just from being on social media a lot which is awful and it, just to sum it up quickly is we won the game at the weekend we posted you know various things our goals etc and we posted the full-time score The full-time score with us winning that game got a total interaction of like 100, 200 people, whether they liked it, you know, commented or whatever. Anything negative ever happens, it's 10 times that. Mm. So, like, people online are just, like, almost dying for something bad to happen so they can rant about it. But if something good happens, they're not interested.
2: It's it's funny though, Sam, isn't it? It it, obviously it's human nature, isn't it? Because like you know, I I don't particularly watch the news, like you know, for example, uh, the six o'clock news or whatever. I don't I don't really watch that. But if you ever watch it, it's invariably bad news isn't it someone's been murdered is, someone's yep. you know and I think that's what that's what gets people interested in it and they're more interested in the negative stuff than, than, than the positive stuff but it's a real shame and it's funny because when I was at the game yesterday so this was the first game I've been to since doing an interview with Mickey yeah. and it really it really it was really in, in, on my conscience just the whole time like you know Suzuko, for example, he didn't have a particularly bad game. He just had a Suzuko game, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, obviously, I wouldn't have done it because can you imagine if I'd have started chanting? There's only one Mickey. Shizoko, sorry, if there's only one Musa Suzuko, I would have. Yeah. I would have got thrown out. <laughs> well,
1: see, this is the thing. I mean, I mean, I I was watching it, and because of that interview. We were watching the penalties, and I was thinking to myself, if someone misses, I really hope the fans there like it, show yeah. the kind of support. But then at the same time, I knew it wouldn't happen. Yeah. The the world has changed, and I know that. And I think we're the poorer for it. Yeah. I, I genuinely think we are. It just... It, it was just really, really kind of... I, I'd just be desperate to... Yeah. I, I don't know. Just desperate to feel that again, because... There there's a missing there's something missing at the moment which is take, which is stopping us from going being this really good team mm. to being a team that wins things. Mm. And how how about if we look at it as us as supporters, we're what's missing? Yeah. What what about if, you know, rather than when Harry Winks is trying to play himself back in at the moment, the kids suffer an injury. Now, he's Tottenham through and through. He is come through the academy, he's a local lad. He made it to the first team and ripped Real, you know, controlled a game against Real Madrid in, you know, the Burnabout at Wembley. He is a player with this massive upside, and yet I am reading constantly he's not good enough, not good enough. We need to sign someone. He's not good enough. He's rubbish. He's crap. He's just coming back from basically a year layoff. He's got to play himself back in. And then last night he didn't start well, yeah, but he, as the game went on, so he got minutes in his legs. He was actually getting to play. You started to see, you know, I mean, he basically put the ball through to Dembele, who laid it on to Lamella to score. And that was purely his positional sense, kind of his dropping the shoulder, finding the space and picking the pass. Yeah. The, the kid, the kid's a great player. And just to write him off because he's having a rough time, how about we find a song for him, yeah. we sing his name more. Yeah. And and just the, the just those things from Mickey's pod his interview that you did with him really struck with me and and I'd love to think that we as a fan base can do that and we can possibly be that missing thing to push the team on.
2: He he said it uh, Mickey, in the interview. He said. You know, when when you when you're playing well, sorry, when you when you're playing badly, that's when yeah. you want to hear the fans chant your name. He said, "Only yeah. i yeah. He said, "When you're playing well, you don't care what they chant." He said, "You're playing well. You're coming out and playing well every every week." Yeah. You know, you need the support when you aren't playing badly. So or when, yeah. when when you are playing badly, so for example, with Harry Winks, like you say, he's just coming back. This is the time he needs the support. You know, yeah, he But, does, but yeah. I will say, uh, uh, Sam, being at the game. You know, he, he didn't start particularly well, but I, I did. I did like seeing, seeing him on the pitch, and he's one of these players. I know um, Pochettino's compared him to Iniesta, hasn't he? But he does have that kind of air of something about him, and it's it's one of those things that you can't put your finger on. But yeah. he comes on, he, he comes on, and, and he, he he just you feel he, he's got that natural kind of a bit like um, Lampard, that kind of. Thing. Do you know if do you know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like yeah, it's just mean. naturally confident, and and and, he, and I think he's going to have a great career. And I, genuinely, in my mind, I was thinking, we, I think as as he goes on, you know, if he and if we're not, you know, we talk about Harry Kane uh, moving on if we don't win trophies, I think he'll get to a stage. I think Winks at some point where, you know. We, we need to we need to win things for him to stay because I know he's not there yet, but there no, is what? something about him. There's something
1: about him. That that's, that's a massive compliment. I mean, that, really.
2: listen, if Pochettino's is comparing him to Iniesta, I mean, yeah. and, and, he, and he sees him day in day out, there's just it's, it's that thing I can't describe. It's like an X factor. Like and say, probably if you if you look at Lampard in his you know in his Chelsea days, that kind of that's that is that conf, you know that confidence and that kind of. obviously the ability is there as well but I think he's going to be a special player for us I might be wrong but I just got this feeling he's going to be a really special player for us over the years
1: yeah I I, I mean I agree I've I've watched him in the academy. Um, I saw a lot, you know, people saying by the end of the season, everyone will, will agree that he's just the next Tom Carroll. Well,
2: no, I disagree. No. Tom, Tom Carroll always looked lost to me in games. He he never, he, he looked like a little boy playing with men. Now, I know, and that might yeah. be a judgment on his size, but he just, he, you look, he, he's kind of the way he, 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 he Tom Carroll's had a, a lot of ability as well. He could pick a pass, but he, he, he always yeah. seemed like he was a boy playing with men, always.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, and and you're completely right. The the big thing I watched Tom Carroll in the academy. He came through the same kind of setup with Kane, Townsend, etc. And the thing that I loved watching with Tom Carroll playing is he always had his head up and was just always looking to play forward. Mm. As as the game kind of developed and the other players were developing physically, he he didn't go that way. You know, he didn't really develop much physicality into his game. Mm. The minute he started getting first team football and people were kicking lumps out of him you noticed he didn't have the same amount of time. You know, you don't have the same amount of time as you do in reserve fixtures as you do in the first team. And he just never seemed to be able to adjust to that. The thing that I saw with Winks is the really, really great players always seem to have time on the ball. Yeah. yeah. And Winks has time. when mm. he, he The way his movement, the way he... He'll always have a look around him. And the amount of times you'll see him get the ball and he'll actually beat... He'll actually beat people... Not through, you know, dribbling or anything like that, but you'll beat them from his movement. Mm, mm. So people can just sort of take a step back and watch it. Now, at the moment, he's trying these things and they're not coming off. I would always much rather the player keep trying it until he plays himself back in, than just completely lose it and be like, okay, I'll just pass backwards all the time. Absolutely agree. Because yeah. if I do that, my pass completion percentage goes up, mm. and think people think I'm a better player. Mm. Nah, that that's that's yeah, crap. It's I agree, just a agree, stupid yeah. stat. Yeah. He, you want a player looking at playing forward. You want him to be taking the ball from defence and may turning it into attack. And Winks can do that. He is a deep line playmaker. He really can be special. Mm. I, I just hope people can be a bit more patient. Yeah. Um, while we're talking on the podcast, mate, there's some breaking news Tottenham related to okay. do with Christian Eriksen. Okay, uh, Christian Eriksen's been ruled out of the Huddersfield game with an abdomen problem. Oh, shit. All right. Um Serge Aurier has also picked up a quad injury last night and it looks quite serious. Um which is a real shame. I'm I'm not a big Serge fan, but I think he's been playing very well. He had a
2: good game team. yesterday.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm no I'm not saying I'm converted yet, but I'm just saying that I he deserves recognition for that. So that's a real mm. a real something. Yeah, thigh quadricep injury, Serge Aurier. It was sustained last night and it's undergoing assessment. Uh, Christian Eriksen following the game at the weekend felt some pain in his abdomen he is definitely unavailable and is undergoing rehab and assessment uh, Hugo Lloris is continuing his on field work but is ruled out many people thought oh, he'd why? be available yeah me included um, and, Mich- and Michel Vorm uh, his knee is no longer swollen he's in rehab though he is also unavailable so Gazaniga's is definitely starting at Huddersfield um probably see Whiteman on the bench again. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I'm sad about Ericsson, but at the same time, he looks like a player he needs to rest. Mm, mm. And sometimes... <laughs> being forced something forcing you to take that rest can can be the best thing yeah he's, yeah. he's not
2: playing well at the moment is he as well he's, like, like the Liverpool game I was there at the Liverpool game yeah. and that just wasn't the Christian Eriksen that I know playing that game
1: no no, he's still outrun everyone in the league though yeah. did you see that no stat? I didn't know <laughs> yeah yeah. It, everyone mad. has this criticism of Eriksen he doesn't do enough he's covered more kilometres than any other player in the Premier League so God, far this season that's mad yeah, that came from the Premier League.com a few days ago. Yeah. Um, um, mate, do you have a match stats this week?
2: I do, yes.
1: Oh, in that case, let me hit your music.
0: And now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News podcast.
2: Right, so this week, my mat stats is entitled, I Love Eric Dyer, Eric Dyer Loves Me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brilliant, I like that.
2: I didn't sing it, I just thought I'd use the chant. But um, the reason why I've uh, brought a few stats up on Eric Dyer is he's been getting a bit of flack from the fans, hasn't he, recently. Yeah. So a, a, a bit like uh, the the one I, you know, I, I sometimes do some stats just to bring people's refocus. Fo- I did one on Harry Kane, didn't I, as well? You did? So, look, looking at Eric Dyer. So, we signed him on the second of August, two thousand and fourteen. Now, yeah. that was what four years ago. We paid four yeah. million pounds for him. You it's did just pittance, isn't it? <laughs> yep.
1: Cheaper than Dele Alli. Yeah,
2: unbelievable, isn't it? So, um, again, this, this, you know, he he sewed ourselves into our hearts from the from the from the first game he played, his debut, which was that West Ham game, and and that's the yeah. thing. Talking about last, we we spoke about it early, didn't we? Last minute goals. How it was normally us scoring the last minute goals. I think he scored yeah. it in like the ninety-second minute, didn't he? That goal against West Ham at their old Upton Park. He did. So he he showed he sells and 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 from from then, you know, he's come from strength to strength at the club. So looking at the, his appearances, so in, in competitive, he's made one hundred and sixty-six appearances in competitive games for Spurs since he signed for us. Uh, he's made he's had thirty-four England appearances, so thirty-four England caps. Now in those games, he's captained Spurs three times. Uh, in Against Liverpool in the League Cup and a couple of FA Cup games against Villa and Wickham. And he's been captain for England uh, five times out of those 34 caps. He scored seven goals for Spurs and three goals for England in this time. The boy is 24.
1: And a pretty good penalty for England, yeah. by the way, and a penalty shootout. Yeah.
2: The boy's 24 years old, Sam. He's 24 years old, and you're looking at that 166 appearances for Spurs, 34 England caps. Yeah. And he's been captain of England five times, and he's 24 years old, you know?
1: (laughs) So, so coaches and famous managers rate him. (laughs) They, you know, they must do.
2: Yeah. I mean it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? And I, 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 I've just done. A, I found another couple of little stats as well, just a little as a little bit of a comparison. So, um, are you talking about that Premier League uh, website? So you can get quite a lot of good stats on there, can't you? Yeah, so, yeah, you can. Yeah. So uh, just there's just a couple I pulled out. So uh, his average passes per game: fifty six passes per match. Okay. Now you look at Dembele, who. In my mind, when you when you when you think of a game with Dembele's playing, you know he's the one distributing the outlet. You know he's grabbing a ball and finding the little passes. His average is forty-four, so he, he averages over uh, twelve passes a game more than Dembele, which really surprised yeah. me. Now this this one, uh, the second one I found, which is uh, a little bit of a surprise, but according to the Premier League stats, it's the case. Now obviously he's a he plays as a defensive midfielder, but he can play in defence, kind of. He? He's got that flexibility, yeah. that versatility. Now his tackle success, uh, Premier League tackle success is seventy six percent. Now, which doesn't sound bad, but when you compare it to Toby Alderweireld, who for me tackle, you know, tackling, you know, he always seems to be there at the right time. Exactly the same, seventy six percent. He's got the same success rate as Toby Alderweireld. So I think for me that just shows you how good of a defender he is, and you know, yeah, how good of a player he is, really, you know.
1: He is. He is a good player, and like you said, people are giving him a lot of stick at the moment. The thing is, he's out of form, yeah. right? and and that happens. That happens to the world's best players. It always has done, always will do. And like we were talking about support, we need to we need to get him through it. Mm. We we as fans need to be supporting him, not tearing him down. Mm. I mean, I remember a long time ago, Danny Rose deleted his social media, and he was you know he's obviously talked about his mental health since then and you know a lot more has come out but he said at the time you know I, I can't do it after every game I was going on there reading what everyone said about me yeah I I couldn't be on social media if I was a professional athlete you know I read the stuff that's said about the players and things like that I mean the people just toxic it's toxic def- yeah. it is yeah. it really is you either, you know, go on there, send something out and then don't read a reply ever <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. or or don't do it. Yeah. You know, just don't get involved. And I, I watched you know, I, I watched him play the games this season and I will I will say he has not played well. You know, in some games he's been really bad. Mm. He really has. But that doesn't suddenly make him an awful footballer. Mm. And I know there are some people who don't rate him at all, but you got to look at this. Richard Pochettino is no idiot. Yeah. If if Pock rates him and works with him day in, day out, there's a reason for that. Gareth Southgate, the England manager, isn't an idiot. Yeah. And England managers before were picking Dyer because he offers something to a team that not many other English players can do. He, Jose Mourinho wanted to sign him for £40 million yeah. for Man United you know, Jose's not an idiot. Jose is a manager who isn't a coach. So he signs players to do jobs for him. And then when that player can't do the job anymore, he'll sign somebody else. Mm. That's Jose. It's just the way he is. So Jose thought that Dyer was there. You know, he was worth 40 odd million quid. So I I always find it very difficult that people then struggle to realise that he's a good player. And... Every player has ups and downs. Me and Dan have talked about it loads of times. In every game, he seems to just have a brain fart with a pass that goes under-hit, and it causes us problems. Yeah. If he's in defence, it, it sometimes has led to a goal. If he's deep in the midfield, you know, it, it creates a chance. If he could stamp that out, he'd go from being a good player to a great player.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what yeah. he
1: needs to work on. And, and whilst he's out of form... But the whole team's been out of form. Mm. He, he just needs, you know, different players as well need different things. So, for example, the manager will know, this player will respond if I drop him. That'll give him a kick at the backside. He'll he'll do that. Or you also know that some players, if you drop them, that's it. They'll just be like, oh, the confidence is gone. You know, I'm rubbish. What the hell's going on? Mm. Some players need to play themselves back into form. Yeah. And so the manager will know that he'll spend time with them every single day. He'll know which players need to do it, and he, by putting the confidence into them by saying to them, "I have faith in you. You're having a bad run, but I know you're going to pull through." That is sometimes enough for a player to sort it out. Yeah. So yeah, I I I like Eric Dyer a lot. I mean, your stats uh, back up what I already thought, which yeah. is great to hear. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I do like him, and I and I really hope that he can rediscover his kind of best in the side because he does offer us something so unique, mm. which is that ability to sit there and be a destroyer. Mm. He covers the fullbacks, which allows us to play two fullbacks that are basically wingers. Yeah, of course, yeah. And if if needed, he can slot in to make a three-man defence, or if a defender gets injured, he just slots in nicely to cover. It just... He, he offers this real tactical and positional play. Yeah, of course. Play, you, you see, uh,
2: you see Vertonghen making so many runs, don't you? Like almost to the yeah. opposite goal because he knows Dyers yeah. back there to cover for yeah. him. You know,
1: you're exactly right. Yeah. You know, Super Yan can do that when he knows that Dyers in the team. Yeah. He's like, if I go forward, he'll be there. Yeah. And the other thing I like about Dyer is he never shuts up. <laughs> yeah. He is on it, people, from yeah. minute one, and yeah. he's an angry sock. Yeah. You know, I like it. Yeah. Be angry. Yeah. Be that guy. Be the one that goes out there wanting to kick crap out mm. of people.
2: That's what winners and are made if... of, aren't they? You know,
1: it is. Yeah. And you know, and also, if anyone you know feeling a bit down on him at the moment, go on YouTube and look up "No One Messes with Eric Dyer," <laughs> and you will see him say the words. A lot of people were talking about Tottenham and I didn't like it. And then there's a nice video montage of him kicking crap out of Chelsea players. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's just it's just a really nice heartwarming little <laughs> video that, you know, it's just something special. Um, Mate, was that all your stats yeah, this week? Yeah, they are, mate, yeah. Brilliant. Um, Okay, so just a couple of things I'm going to fire through quickly because I know we're overrunning this week. We had a lot to get through and we're not even close to being done. <laughs> uh loan um the loan players i'm not going to do it every week with the loan players because i think if i do it every week it's like uh you know connor got a minute this week well done connor (laughs) It it get a bit daft so i'm going to try and do that monthly Uh, so we've got a few games there's a little bit more to talk about the only thing i am going to say this week then just quickly is that marcus edwards has played two games recently on loan um he got Team of the Week in Holland in Urdeviz, uh, which is phenomenal for Marcus in his only his second ever professional game. You know, the like full game, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh he then played the other night and got sent off. <laughs> uh two yellow cards, the second yellow card for being a dive. And yeah. He is he is gonna be with Tom Daly for the next Olympics. My <laughs> word, Marcus. But he'll know it and he'll learn from it. So Hopefully. You know, I'm always yeah, I'm always very big on players playing, making mistakes, especially if they're out on loan. Make your mistakes yeah, there, exactly. and when you come back be awesome. Fill, you fill your boots
2: at red cards.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, go wild, go crazy. But it gets sent off in Holland, the most relaxed people in the world. What are you doing, Marcus? Yeah. Hey, man. So I I just thought I'd bring that little update for everybody because I know people are always very keen for news on Mr. Edwards. Um, The Tottenham ladies. Tottenham ladies are just having an amazing start to the season. Unfortunately, their most recent game was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, But they are back in action again this weekend. So very good luck to them. Um, We are actually involved with the ladies this season. We are sponsoring one of their players. Well, two of their players.
2: How good's that? Yeah, really good actually. That's really good. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting involved with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. They um and everyone I've spoke to there have just been like unbelievably nice and friendly, and and I'm looking forward to speaking to them more. We're going to get uh, hopefully a few of the Spurs ladies players on the podcast, so that would be really great I lo- to I, talk to them. I
2: love the fact how you're going to you're the one that's completely nominated yourself for that, and no one's got a say in it. So. <laughs>
1: Well, look, you, you're, I'm do, I'm just going to put this out there, that I think when it comes to the ladies, they deserve the opportunity to sit down with somebody of a certain calibre. <laughs> and and because there's no one available at Spurs News of that calibre, they're going to get new. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all, all joking aside, it's going to greatly depend on what they can do, when they can do it. Um, you know we're working to air schedule. These ladies are phenomenal. They're athletes and they all work full time jobs. I mean, mm. it's just amazing to me. You know yeah. the dedication they have to our club, and that's why I'm so keen to be involved this season. I, I love that. Yeah. It's just great, and they are all so proud to put on a Tottenham shirt. And you know, a few of them, there's nice stories that they were, you know, Spurs fans as kids. I've got a little girl. She's ten. She got the new green Tottenham shirt this week and was wearing it like beaming. Oh. She immediately ran into the garden, you know, with her football boots on to play football for a bit. It just, so seeing these pictures of these girls as kids and then women and they're playing for Tottenham and how much it means to them, it's kind of a nice little throwback, um, in a way. It's one of the reasons why I like getting involved in watching the academy so much. You can tell it really means something to yeah. these people. Yeah. And and it just it kind of puts faith back into it. It's like football at its purest form. Mm. So yeah, absolutely delighted that we're involved and I can't wait to bring everybody more updates and hopefully have a conversation with them. I'm desperate to get the captain on her, Jenna Scalaci, mostly because I love saying scalachi. <laughs> Scalacci Scalacci and I want to know if she's related to that Italian striker from the Italian 90s. Oh, yeah, remember him yeah. oh what a striker what a player yeah. anyway anyway so Jenna if you're listening because there's a rumour you might be are you related to him <laughs> and if you're not just tell me you are because I think it's amazing and I've got no way of proving you're not <laughs> Um. okay man so that basically leaves us with one final thing and that is the comments from the fans on the Facebook page okay
0: and now, it's time for your comments, directly from our Facebook page.
1: Okay, so, we've had a few, which is great. Um, I'm always very pleased when people have done that. Um, I, I normally just read them out in kind of order that, I, I, that they appear on the page, but I'm going to go to this one first, um, and people may may work out why I've picked this one first. You you may pick up on it, okay? okay. Let let me know if you've worked out why I've gone to this one first. Right. So Stephen Pierce oh no, sorry, Stephen Peace. Wow I got that wrong. How did I get that name
2: wrong? Yeah I was gonna say you get so many of that the really like, <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> sorry right. Stephen.
1: <laughs> Stephen Peace, as in, you know, give peace a chance <laughs> Uh we have seen Pock say a hell of a lot in pressers in the last few weeks. Some of it has been very lengthy, a bit ranty and splattered with some oddness too. Do you think that this inspires confidence in the playing staff or does Pock need some PR guidance? Um just wanna say that this is the best Spurs podcast and Facebook page out there. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Did did you did you did you find the reason in that way? I may have picked him first. <laughs> no, cool. <laughs> no, 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 not so, no. I, I I don't know either. Um, yeah. Ah. Thanks, Stephen. Um. Yeah, we we kind of touched on this a little bit last week. Pox had this weird run recently of press conferences, and by the way, whilst we're recording, he's doing one right now. Oh, um. So yeah, from talking about cows to, to all sorts. See. <laughs> I I don't know whether perhaps he's just fed up with the same questions, and I can kind of get that, and I think if I was the manager and I was getting asked the same questions twice a week, which is what the press conferences come at this time of year, I'd start coming up with weird answers as well, <laughs> just to mess with people, you know? <laughs> It's like, um, yeah, we noticed that uh, Toby's not signed a new deal yet. What do you think about that? Well, I think Cabbage is very healthy for you. <laughs> Next question, please. You're like, what?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I, I Snap. I mean, I, I don't know about you, man. Do you ever play the, the football simulation games, the management games, like Championship Manager? I used manager to, yeah, back in major? the day, yeah. I used to as well. The last one I really enjoyed was Championship Manager 0304. There you go. You're okay? showing your age That's- now, Sam. Yes, yes. Back in, back in my day when you had to start the computer with a wind-up crank um, yeah, to play my game. So, do you
2: know you what? Know, honestly, I never thought I'd hear the day where I heard a Bristonian doing a Yorkshire accent. It's just, that's it. Oh, my mate, life's complete. I,
1: yeah, I, I can do accents like you wouldn't believe. Like, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I, I'm a mimic, and I, I find it difficult when I'm chatting to people for a while not to start mimicking them. Right. And you know, if I'm talking to you, I can go like all London and I'll start sounding <laughs> like that. And and it and it the problem I got is I do it without realising <laughs> and people think I'm like having a right go at them, like,
2: innit? <laughs> Taking a Mickey, mate. Yeah, you yeah, you, you you're having a bubble, much? son.
1: Yeah. You th- you think I'm a muff, I'm like, what are you all about? What's up? Yeah, so I gotta be very careful. <laughs> But I, I, I spent, when I was, oh, I can't remember how old I was now, because it's that long ago, I spent time coaching rugby with a South African guy, his name was Nero, I spent six months with him, day in, day out, every single day, meals together, the lot, yeah. Um, we were coaching, and for a year, no word of a lie, for a year afterwards, I was still sounding like I was South African, <laughs> to the point I can go into it like now, right, <clears throat> right genuinely, right, <laughs> Cool. So I'm taking a look at the comments on our Facebook page, and I'm looking down for Stephen Peace. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for your comment, my friend. Uh, we're going to go there, and uh, I'll answer you right away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Mate, that's an awesome impression.
1: It's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Everyone has their gifts. For me, I can talk to people. I end up sounding like them. That's, I don't know. Yeah. That's my superpower, I guess, but I don't think it's going to get me anywhere no, in life. I so, much, Yeah. But yeah, uh, Stephen, to answer your question, I, I don't think it does inspire. Actually, no. I think if I was listening to the manager that I was playing for, basically saying like he was losing his, losing his mind at a press conference, I'd be worried.
2: Um, don't forget the Sam. Big... You was going. You you had you had a championship manager analogy there as well, didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, my championship manager analogy. Sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I went off talking about accents. My championship manager analogy is when I tried to play one of the modern games, the latest football manager. Mm. It is so accurate to real life. I got sick of it and didn't want to play it <laughs> oh because I had to do a damn press conference <laughs> before and after every game. Yeah. So, so yeah. Just to finish that analogy off, I completely get why football managers are sick to death yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah. So just to finish, it all greatly depends on how he is with the players. So, for example, if he if he says to the players, "Right, I'm going to go do the press conference, lads," and one of them goes, "Um, this week, boss, you got to try and get an analogy about a cow in," and they all go, "We <laughs> will have a good laugh," and he goes, "Yeah, all right, I can do I'll that." Give <laughs> Yeah, then there's a big difference between all the lads sat in a hotel on the night going, "He's snapped, <laughs> he's proper lost it." So we don't know behind closed doors what he's saying to them. I think the I think press.
2: Jose Mourinho is one of the classic ones, isn't he? Of like, you know, Jose, if they've yeah. lost, he's. Yeah. I just I, honestly, if Man United lose, I just I tune into to match the day just to hear his interview afterwards
1: because he he is. <laughs> if they lose, it's like compulsive viewing, just like when it used to be, you'd watch Arsenal fan TV yeah. every time they lost. Yeah. Just because you want to see the same characters kind of start going red in the face and losing their minds, it was brilliant. But yeah, Jose is just box office when they lose. Um, do you know, genuinely, I've got a little bit of affection for Jose Mourinho. I always have, I've quite liked him. He seems to just be jaded in the last couple of years, which is sad for me. He was a guy who always seemed to really love what he was doing. Um, do you know there's only one manager, really, in the Premier League who I can't stand? And that's Jurgen Klopp
2: okay reason being and
1: and the reason being it's it's never anything other than other people's faults
2: yeah yeah like, he's like they, that, they, they
1: lost last night and it was oh we should have had this decision we should have had this decision and there was this one you know I kind of he wasn't even on my radar really I kind of oh he seems alright you know whatever didn't really think much about him and then we had this instant once where he had a right go at a reporter and all the reporter was doing was saying to him, well, you know, I, I do think it was a penalty. And he said, well, you don't understand football then. Mm. It's like, well, actually, Jorgen, we just watched the replay and it was a penalty, yeah. so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he just had this right go at this guy. And it's like, yeah, I, the argument of, oh, you know, heat of the moment and passion. Nah, come uh, on, shut yeah, up. Yeah, I agree. Um, But anyway, I've just given a real long answer to that, Stephen, and you you thoroughly deserve it. Whether you still think we're the best Spurs podcast and Facebook page out there after my rambling nonsense, I don't know, but I hope so. Right, I'm going to give this question to you because otherwise we could be here for another hour with me doing accents. David Hunt. David says, five minutes to go, Lamella scores. The commentator says, surely that has won it for Tottenham. Well no, not this season. We used to be the ones winning matches at the death. What's changed? Is it physical exhaustion, mental? How do we get that killer instinct back? We've kind of covered this, but yeah, no, we is have. there anything else you wanna you wanna put to it?
2: Yeah no, you're right, we have covered it and it is it's an odd thing, isn't it? It's it's just you know it's it's of clearly a confidence thing, isn't it? You know, and and like you said earlier in the podcast, if we can have a game and win two or three nil and it be a comfortable victory, then maybe that's what we need, like a game like that, because, you know, in, in memory this season, I, I can't think of a single game where we've kind of not been nervous at the end, you know, or lost, or let the yeah. last minute go. It just seems to be a recurring thing this season, doesn't it? So, we yeah. just, it, it's just, like, like you said earlier, you hit the nail on the head, didn't you, when you, when you said, like, you know, it's, if, if it's not an issue anymore for the, for the players, if, you know, we have two or three games when we, we're winning com- we win the game comfortably, then, it doesn't become an issue either way, does it? It doesn't become an yeah, issue. You, you Is it going to happen or isn't it going to happen? They just don't even think about it, you know, and that's where, no, that's where we want to be.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're in this kind of loop at the moment. Like mm. It's become a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. because it's mm. happened a couple of times. Everyone's now just expecting it yeah. to happen, yeah. which transfers from the fans as well, of this it does. kind of tension. Yeah, of course it does. Um, Okay, uh, David, I hope we've answered it across the podcast, even if it wasn't as you know much fun with me doing funny accents for you. <laughs> Do a funny accent, uh, maybe. All tonight. right, I will, I will for David. <laughs> oh, David, this is Samuel from Ireland. How are you doing, my friend? I just thought I'd answer that one in an Irish accent. No, no reason for it at all. There you go. Anyway, right, Kieran KP Plummer says, Do we have a good chance of progressing further in the cup competitions this season, and which transfers do you want to see coming in january now i have a list for january okay (laughs) um what do you think about cup competitions do you think this could be the season that we pick up one of them
2: the only thing i would say is uh you know we're not we're not playing great at the moment and you know all teams kind of i think all teams have a have a have a blip or a loss of yep. form at some point in the season. If this genuinely is our only, if this is our only one and, you know, if you look at the last few seasons we've been strong, we're finishing the top four, so if it goes the same this season and we have a strong season and and this is our little dip, then you know, what's to say we're not going to win a cup then? Because if, you know, if if, if we have our dip now when it's early in the season, when it comes to the end, towards the end of the season, when hopefully we are in semi-finals, quarter-finals and finals of cups, then Hopefully we've we, we you know we're, we're hitting the ground running at that point. So I yep. think we've got a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, I I always feel confident at this time of year. So I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. we're going to win. Yeah, I um players in January. January is a difficult window. Um, people kind of laugh at that when managers say, but it's true because the best players clubs aren't going to let go. Right, <laughs> you know we don't want them to go midway through a season for two reasons. One, they ain't going to be able to replace them well and two because who wants a really good player if you're fighting relegation you don't want to lose your best player of course if you're fighting for a title you don't want to lose your best player mm. and if you're in a mid-table club more often than not the player isn't going to be the player you're after mm. you know yeah. um it just genuinely you don't people have always got an objective for the second half of the season so the january window is difficult there are a lot of options, though, to be very smart in the January window. For an example, Lucas Moura is proven to be a very good buy this season. The back end of last season, he was anonymous, mm. but we picked him up in January. Mm-hmm. Now, he had all that time with the club. He got customised with the club. He then had a full pre-season with the team, and that's enabled him to start this season fairly well and be part of the squad. Like, he is an Like, like a new
2: signing, Sam. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I, I, the the the, uh, the bloody crackle in these headphones at the moment, it seems to be whenever I hear something I don't want to hear, it just, yeah, it just really, yeah. Yes, you could say, like, a new signing. There you go, you made me say it, you jackass. Oh, God, that felt dirty. I'm have to take a shower after this. I really don't like that saying. So, yeah, like a new signing... It, it can be good. You know, Deli Alley was picked up in January. Uh, we loaned him back. And so, for me, the January transfer window offers us an opportunity to absolutely steal a march on all of our rivals for recruitment for next summer. Mm-hmm. Because clubs are far more willing to let a talented player go that they know they're going to probably lose in the summer. In January, if they can have a bit of money and get him back on loan. So, us actually strengthening in January is going to be difficult. Uh, I don't, unless there's just a great deal to be done somewhere, which I hope the club are all over if there is. But I do think January gives you this great opportunity to steal a march on people who have possibly got more money to throw around than us. Mm. There are players at Ajax at the moment that are being coveted by so many top clubs. And the price of them next summer is going to be so high that, but we've got such a good relationship with Ajax. The two clubs have got such strong links that in January, if we were to say, look, we'll give you this much now, this much in the summer and you get him back for the rest of this season. You know, there are deals to be done there.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: And and I, you know, as far as actual individual players go, it's difficult to pick out names. I mean, for me, I still think we need a Zaha. I don't think we're ever going to get him. I think he's now settled into being... Unless Palace would have some kind of absolute meltdown and go down, mm. I think he's going to play out his career there now. He seems to have kind of settled into this. Being the king of Crystal Palace is is good. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm all right with that. Well, his,
2: his experience... He had- He obviously had that experience in Man United, where he was the the little fish in a big pond, and I think he probably prefers being a big fish in a little pond, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I I like Crystal Palace as a club, by the Mm. way, and I I don't mean that disparagingly to them at all, and I hope it's not taken that way. Um, I I just genuinely, at the moment, you know, we're in a bigger position than they are. Uh, Champions League team, for example, and Zahao would make more sense, Mm. you know, to move to us, but he seems very happy and settled there, playing good football, um, and you know, but things can change. You know, a manager can change all of a sudden. You know, some new manager can come in and say, "Right, I, I think you'd be a good wing back." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What>? yeah. <laughs> you know, things can change. Yeah. But a player like him, uh, a few people pointed that Lucas Moura, in their opinion, is like him. Lucas Moura potentially could be. I've not seen it yet. He he seems to like playing through the middle a lot more, whereas Zaha can. Take the ball through the middle. We can take it wide, and also he has that kind of Gareth Bale quality mm. of just pick it up and drill it and yeah, it's a goal, yeah, yeah. Um, which which you really need, and it's something that we as a team really need. You were talking earlier on about Mickey Hazard saying about Dan belly, you know, finding some shooting boots. Um, ericsson can do that but again with him out of form this season he he seems a little bit you know he's not pulling the trigger mm. and when he does you know it's it's not going well so yeah uh, actual individual players kieran i'm not going to rattle off the list but there are a few if you were to go to ajax team sheet you'd find four that i want <laughs> yeah
2: i know it's greedy she signed a new contract to aston villa as well this week he has, yeah. yeah
1: um, and and good luck to him, I mean, basically, he realized he was there for the season, and he's got a pay rise out of it. Mm-hmm. I dare say there is a pretty hefty release clause should they not get promoted this year, yeah, um, but he's still young, you know, he's still twenty two so it, to him, the fact the deal didn't come off, well, I might as well earn more money and stay here yeah. so and and he is a Villa boy, so I think in his mind, he'd like to get Villa back in the Premier League and be a part of that. So good luck to him. You know, the deal didn't happen. Um, there is a question here from Robin Powell. Hi, Robin uh, it says, great to see a bit of spirit back in the side. Quite enjoyed the the two all last night and the penos, but I probably only feel that way because we advanced seen glimpses of our string flare versus Watford in the cup and Brighton. So at least they're getting back on track. But what concerns me is the center halves and the defensive organization as a whole is still a million miles away from what we're capable of. Um, I mean, he's basically just saying, you know, what's going on at the back, which we've kind of talked about. Uh, hopefully, Robin, we've kind of talked about this enough in the podcast already, but uh, it's really difficult to put a finger on because individually they still seem to be doing quite well. I, I I, put it down to what me and Matt have said already, which is we need a game which is a 2-0. Yeah. You know, we just kind of need to... Get the monkey off our backs. Um, we got a comment from the guy who loves a freeway. Uh, Daniel Beecroft. Uh, Daniel says Lamella should be the first name on the team sheet. faults
2: Yeah, I think so. He, he's he, he kind of this season. He's he's just kind of like you know he's he's always had that potential, hasn't he? You know, he's a great player, but he obviously had that injury, didn't he, for a year, which kind of you know knocked him. But I I, I saw glimpses towards the end of last season of him. I wouldn't even say coming back to his best because I think he's better than I've have seen him play. You know, he seems to have a lot more consistency with his game as well. You know, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I I've been impressed from what I've seen this season of Lamella. Really have been impressed.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He um he has been yeah he has been fantastic. He, I've always said he gets it. Mm. He's always a hundred percent. Like last night. We won that penalty shootout and there's a few players there kinda of like, yay, we won the penalty shootout. Lamella was like, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 pretty much celebrated it like we'd won the World Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he was just but he's like that all the time. You yeah. know, he scores a goal in a friendly and he doesn't understand why people aren't ripping their shirts off, you know. <laughs> he's like, Come on. <laughs> so uh, I think that's why the manager likes him, is certainly why I like him. Yeah. Uh, he gives one hundred percent all the time. So so the final question, I'm just gonna have a quick double check to make sure I've not missed any but yeah the final question is from someone whose name I I can't even begin to pronounce I'm sorry um my my friend I'm going to massacre this but I'm going to give it a go I think it's Ale Tewa Eme drop drop me a message on the page and let me know if I was close and I apologize <laughs> I I had no no chance of being able to do that so, so basically he's asked for a stadium update and there are three things that are out in the press at the moment, which is kind of important for everyone to, if the if you've missed it, it's kind of important to know. The first thing is that Pochettino said during his pre-League Cup press conference that he's had assurances from Daniel Levy in conversations they've had that they believe it's going to be before Christmas that we are in our new stadium. So a fixture in December is kind of the target at the moment to be our first home game. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's something that Park has said to the press. The second thing that's out there at the moment is a story where the one of the developers is giving an interview to the press. I'm sure he's now very popular with everybody, but the developers basically said that they're working as quickly as they can and he won't put a time on it. He has said um, you know no times yet set we we can't give a date um, you know there were a lot of errors which have had to be fixed and we're now working our way through it and he wanted to focus in the interview on you know how fantastic the stadium is going to be he wanted you know he wanted to talk about the innovative technology with the stadium the atmosphere and that interview, it's kind of worth a read, but it's not telling you anything new. It's kind of just telling you everything we already knew, which when this is finished, it's going to be one of the best stadiums in the world. Yeah, people keep telling us that, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's great. We all we all hear it. We all can't wait to be in there. What the, the news we're looking for at the moment is when. Yeah. So I reached out to somebody. Now, I went to school with someone who has been working on the project. Um, just through pure luck and fortuitous, he's been able to tell me certain things which have come in the past, which has been great. So I reached out to him and I just asked, what do you think? And he's, you know, this isn't going to be very helpful, but his honest answer with me says, honestly, I don't know. He said, the, the main reason why I don't know is because what we did, when we realised there was going to be a delay is there was a lot of other works that were going to be left until after the stadium opened. Mm. So when the first game happened, there were still going to be loads of stuff that was closed, you know, and still being done, like finishing, fixtures, fittings, decorating, all these little bits. When they realized this delay, rather than kicking all those people off site and saying, we'll come back in three months, they started work on all those other bits mm. because it was like, well, if that's going to take a month to catch up again, rather than sitting on our hands for a month, we'll, we'll plow ahead with these other things. He said, so now you've got a site, which is part finished in about 50 areas rather than, okay, all that outer rings going to be left. And we're going to do this in a he said, So they are having to now coordinate it. And then of course they've got to get all the inspections done and then do the test events. Mm. So he said to me, he said, the key indication will be over the next two weeks, the pitch is going in, which again, you know, is kind of a big deal because they've had to. Part of the problem they had was all this wiring for the grow lamps for the grass. Ugh, insane <laughs> grow lamps for grass. I mean, it's an open air stadium, but never mind. Whatever. Yeah, okay. So they, that is going in and it's starting now. You know, the trays are arriving, the grass is coming from Holland why English grass you know I want to shout Brexit at this point but it's you know it's it's more of a joke than anything but anyway (laughs) yeah yeah now that's half the listeners just switched off bang straight away no no he mentioned the b-word not gonna listen to this anymore it's a joke everyone calm down um, yeah, so anyway, that's going in now. So we should start seeing the images of the stadium. It should start looking like there's a football pitch in it. Awesome. I know. How weird is that going to be? <laughs> um, and then pretty much, I think as soon as that pitch is down, everyone's going to be like, okay, let's in. Yeah, Come Let's, let's, let's see. in now. <laughs> yeah, we want to see it now. And I, he, he's, you know, he doesn't know. He, he's basically looking at it saying, at the moment, it's just. 20 different sections, 20 different department heads are all trying to get it to a point where they can say this date and then someone's going to get all of those dates and then they're going to say okay, well if all of that happens we'll add a week to be safe it's going to be this date and then they've got to schedule the test event so the pitch going in and hearing the test event schedule is going to be the big announcement Mm. there is a Legends game uh, against Bayern Munich which Mickey Hazard Mentioned on the on the podcast, the interview last week. Well,
2: if if anyone hasn't listened to the interview and they want to know who's going to be playing, then he, yeah, he, he gives does away let a few it names. Slip.
1: Subtly, yeah, yeah, subtle, very subtle. But he, yeah, yeah, do listen to that actually, because there's a couple of names on there which shocked me. Yeah. Um. He he basically has said then he's you know he said oh I was training for that and it got postponed. He didn't, he didn't say it's gone, um, so the rumours are that's still very much going to happen. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. It is still very much up in the air. There's no set date. No one's giving anything away. The only person to give much away has been Pock, whether he was meant to or not, I don't know. But there are certain target fixtures in December that apparently is where they're aiming for. Question for you, just generally, before we start wrapping things up. Would you rather we open the stadium against like a big opponent, or would you rather we opened it in kind of like, uh, yeah, we've drawn Macclesfield in the FA Cup and we're going to open against them?
2: It's a, it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like the f- the first game of the season, when we thought it was going to be Liverpool, yeah, that's a fantastic fixture, isn't it? To to, to kind of you know as an opening game, yeah. but. I mean, I know we did lose at Wembley, but we could potentially lost it if it had been at the new stadium. Yeah. I, and I know you, I know you have alluded to the fact that it's never the worst thing in the world to lose the, the lose a game because I, it, it gets that monster back.
1: Yeah, almost like every team's <laughs> going to go there wanting to be the first yeah, team to beat us yeah. there. And it's like if you lose the first game, it's like What's ah, that gone? yeah, yeah. It's but I I tell you the 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 game that I know they were originally aiming for after the delay was Tottenham-Chelsea on the 24th of November.
2: Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a really good one. That, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that'd just be something else. Now, after hearing December get mentioned a few times, the December fixtures, the, the home December fixture options, the 5th of December is Southampton, the 15th of December is Burnley... Um, The Boxing Day fixture is Bournemouth, and then the 29th of December is Wolves, all at home. But now in January, right, Mm. the 12th of January, we host Man United. God, that'd be a good one
2: as well, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if that'll start coming into it, yeah. you know? This kind yeah. of we wanna open this because there's a little bit of synergy there that the last team we played at White Hart Lane was Man United. Mm. I I don't know about you, man, but I'd quite like that. It's got romantic I know I know it's it? January. I know it's January, <laughs> but if the club came out and just announced it and said, Right, we're doing the test events in December, we're playing our first game against Man United at the new stadium in January, the new year, twelfth of January. You know they were the last team we placed at the old White Hart Lane. They're going to be the first team we place we face at the new White Hart Lane, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's White Hart Lane. (laughs) Call it what you like. I know what I'm calling it. So
2: I like it. I I, like that idea. Yeah, I really like that idea. Yeah,
1: I and I think something the club's done so terribly recently is PR. They've just been really kind of reactive and really bad. You can spin that and get everybody on board.
2: Mm, I agree. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's January, but. That'd be great. You know, you could really make a big deal out of that. All the players that have that in their minds as well. And all of a sudden, that game becomes a big game. Yeah. You know, us Man United's it's a big game anyway. We smashed them 3-0 at Old Trafford. They're going to be coming there gunning for us. Mm. But that also means we're going to have to be up for it. And it just... I don't know, man. I I like the idea of it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you completely
1: right well in that case we better wrap this up because we have waffled on way too long this week we're at an hour 30 this is now the longest podcast we, we broke the record we broke the record of me and Dan <laughs> uh, so there you go mate you've won this one uh, a big thank you to everybody for listening I hope you're still awake if you're not the theme music's about to wake you up <laughs> have, have a great day we'll be back next week
2: yeah after f- after five hours of uh, getting over Milton Keynes, mate I'm going to bed <laughs> <laughs>
1: have a good one take my care mate. Mate.
0: you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.